The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. While you're turning to Exodus 19, let me announce a new series that I'm going to start on a Wednesday night. It's going to start it tonight, but I'm going to give myself a little, little room. It'll start next Wednesday. And um, I've entitled it, uh, Holy Ghost, Come. Uh, I was watching a uh, video from Lonnie Frisbee. How many of you know who that is? All you revivalists students of revival. Lonnie Frisbee was a young man when he got saved. Didn't end so good for Lonnie, but he was a young man when he got saved. Uh, I believe in California. He was part of the, the Jesus people. How many remember that? Oh, come on now. I'm just telling you. Raise your hand if you remember the Jesus people. Right? How, right? All right. There's hippies that just got saved. I mean, they would baptize thousands of people in the Pacific Ocean. I believe we're headed for another movement like that. In fact, uh, I had this dream where I saw just these whole crowds of people witnessing. You know, it wasn't just a handful of people. I saw you in there, John. I saw you crazy, spirit-filled people out there witnessing to people. And so, um, anyway, I watched this video, and uh, the video is a recollection of a man by the name of John Wimber who started the Vineyard Movement. And uh, John Wimber invited Lonnie Frisbee to come speak for him on Mother's Day because the Holy Spirit told him to do it. Exodus 19, we'll get there in a moment. Exodus 19, and we do have notes. I've got like 20 pages of notes, so this might be a two-part series. I don't know, we'll see. If the Lord allows, me to, uh, Lord allows me to preach this new series, The Holy Ghost Come, next Wednesday, if we can get through this here. We'll see what the Lord does. But he had Lonnie Frisbee, his guy. I mean, he looked like Jesus. He, uh, you know, he had his beard, and he had long hair, and he was soft-spoken, and uh, he had this incredible anointing from God, this Holy Spirit touch to uh, do miracles. And really, Calvary Chapel was, how many of you know what Calvary Chapel is? Okay, Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa really got the boost, uh, and all the people started flooding Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa because, really, of Lonnie Frisbee and some others that were just spirit-filled, crazy, on fire for God, man. They were they do this thing called the hot seat and had people getting miracles all over the place. And, uh, and, and then it was Chuck Smith, Papa Chuck. How many of you know about Calvary Chapel? All right, just a little history. Chuck Smith was the teacher, but Lonnie Frisbee and some of these other guys were like the, the spirit-filled evangelists. And uh, that's how that Calvary Costa Mesa really got started. Anyway, Wimber was saying in the video, and you can go look it up on, on YouTube, you saying in the video, he invited him for Mother's Day and was really nervous. He wouldn't have invited them normally because he's just really odd. You know, he's just going to ruin his church. He said, Lord, don't ruin my church. And the Lord said to John Wimber, since when was it your church? Uh, let's never forget that. And he, so he invited them, and, you know, they had a long worship session and long prayer. He was just really nervous to turn it over to this young, hippie-looking Jesus kid. And the guy got up there, and he shared his testimony, powerful deliverance and all kinds of stuff. And then eventually he said, okay, okay, so um, uh, we're just going to ask the Holy Ghost to come. Holy Ghost, 
come. And the power of God, let's try that again. <laughs> Holy Ghost, come. And the power of the Spirit swept across that sanctuary and people started falling out and crying and weeping and laughing. And there was, he never laid hands on anybody. People just buckling, hooking, shucking, jiving everywhere. And all he said was, Holy Ghost, come. And in my, in my uh, as I've pastored, I've gotten into a habit of saying that. Not that I got that from him. I never really heard that before. I learned that tonight. I've gotten into the habit of saying that. You'll hear me say it all the time. I say it in prayer. Sometimes I say, Holy Spirit. Other times I say, Holy Ghost. But I've decided to call it Holy, you know, Exodus 19, we're going to get there. I've decided to call the the, uh, the series Holy Ghost Come because in some denominations that will remain nameless, God bless them, they've actually changed it. You can't say or you shouldn't say. They didn't say you can't. You shouldn't say Holy Ghost. You should say Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to say Holy Ghost. Is that okay? All right, praise God. It's just how I am got wired up. Anybody else like that? Little spirit-filled rebellion. Hallelujah. See, really, if our youth were really rebellious, they'd rebel against all the world and get on fire full of God. That'd be real rebellion. That's what real rebellion is. You'd have an outbreak of God. Okay, Exodus 19, verse 1. New King James, but I will reference the NIV because I like certain sections of it. I'll go back and forth between the New King James and the NIV during the message. Main text will be read, New King James. Exodus 19, Verse 1, in the third month, the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt. On the same day, they came to the wilderness of Sinai, verse 2. For they had departed from Rephidim, come to the wilderness of Sinai, and camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. Verse 3, Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. To where? To myself. Now, therefore, if, everybody say if. if, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So Moses came and called for the elders of the people, and laid before them all these words which the Lord had commanded. And then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for what you're going to do in the moments that remain tonight. I pray that you'd give us living understanding that you would move in great power, releasing all that's in your heart here in this place. Do what you want to do, say what you want to say, and move the way you want to move. We won't stop you. Feel free to interrupt anytime you want. The service, we yield to you. Would you say that? We yield to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. We do have notes and encourage you to fill those in. What are you doing here? Let me ask you again. Why are you here? Why are, why are you here? Why are you in church tonight? And on a broader stroke of the brush, why are you on the earth? 
Why, are you exi- why do you exist? Why did God make you? Why are you here? Purpose is the real question. I've called it discovering our purpose. When you discover your purpose, it will change you profoundly. The real question is not what are you doing here, but what's your purpose? If you asked a philosopher, they'd say, what is the purpose for which, why you're here? Why are you here? Ask that question to yourself. Why are you breathing? Why are you not six feet under the ground? In Alaska, it'd be 12, but why are you alive? Why are you breathing? Is it for pain and suffering? Say no. No, no, no. Why, why are you alive? Why are you here? You see, when you give your life to Jesus, most people never really move forward in understanding all that that means. They never really move forward into understanding their identity has been changed. It comes into your heart. It comes into your spirit, and it makes you poof, makes you new. You still have the stinking thinking that you have to deal with. You still have your, your flesh you have to deal with, but you're made new in your spirit. When you come in covenant with God, He not only does that, He gives you a purpose. And if the purpose was just to be saved, you'd drop dead, you'd croak the second you got saved. So that's not the purpose. The purpose is not to give your life to Jesus, although that's part of it. When you give your life to Jesus, you come in covenant with God. That's question has a or is a deeper meaning let's look at this text God told Moses at the burning bush this is Exodus 3 he says when you've brought the people out of Egypt you will worship God on this mountain so even before Moses Moses he's standing there his sandals are off he's talking to God and God says you're going to deliver him then you're going to bring him here and you're going to worship me and so He tells them that. And so the purpose is more than just delivering them, but to bring them to the mountain and to worship God. I think for Israel, this stop at the mountain here in Exodus 19 is is like a pit stop, but not for God it's not. Not for God it's not a pit stop. It was a stop of great importance. From their limited view, they couldn't understand, well, we're just going to stop here for a minute. We're going to the promised land. Will you hurry up? You know, Moses, go up the mountain, hurry up. But really for God, it was a, of paramount importance that he would bring them into what is called the bond of covenant there at the mountain. So it was more than just delivering. Well, let, me, let me bring some application so I don't lose you. God has set you free. More, for the perp- more than so that you could just skip around and say you're free. More than for dancing in a worship service. But to bring you into the bond of covenant, why? Well, that's a good reason. There's a purpose. Come on, somebody look at your neighbor. T- tell them i got a purpose. Moses is called by God to be God's spokesman. Verse 4, God declares what he's done for him. He delivered them. I love this terminology here that God uses, the vernacular. You've seen what I did to the Egyptians, verse 4, and how I bore you on the eagle's wings and how I brought you to myself. Wow. God declares what he's done for them. He delivered them. And God challenges them. I I made you say it. It's verse 5. He says, now therefore if. If is a very big word. Two letters in the English. Big word. Big. If is a big word. Huge. And anytime you see if in Scripture, especially in 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 the Old Testament, 
The old, under the old covenant, it's a sign of covenant language. So God's saying, hey, I'm going to make a deal with you. Here's the deal. And he says, if you do this, this, and this, then if then causes. If you do this, then I will do this. You see, God in your life will never do what he's asking you to do. And you certainly can't do what he does. So he says to you, if. He says to them, if. And he says to you tonight, if. He challenges them to obey. Amazing. God delivers them, brings them to the Sinai, and they still have a choice. You know, the glory of, the glory of man, theologians say, is, is the tree in the garden. It's the free will of man. It's the fact that man had a choice. And so God shows the blessing they'll receive the fulfilling of his purpose for them. That's if they obey. And that's verse 5. Now let's read that. Y'all got a Bible with me? With me? You have it with me? No, you don't. You got your own. All right. Just making sure. You guys pay attention. Okay, verse 5. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Wow. Amazing. Verse 6, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests. Everybody say a kingdom of priests. A kingdom of priests. A holy nation. These are the words of which you are to speak to the children of Israel. Kind of amazing. God reveals his purpose for Israel. But his purpose is also for us in this. And I'll bring the New Testament new covenant application here in a moment. The first thing we must got to mention that what he's already done, he's redeemed us. Come on, bring in some application now, Roman numeral three. He's redeemed us by the blood of the Lamb. It's interesting that the, the final plague into Egypt was what? The death of the firstborn. And if you'll take blood of the Lamb and you put it on the doorposts and the lentils, then the death angel will pass over. The Hebrews says that the Old Testament is types and shadows of the greater things to come. The Lamb, the Lamb, blood of the Lamb. And it, so it talks about that in, in the Exodus there, how God delivered them and the death of the firstborn. It's a picture that the Lamb, as John the Baptist, standing about to baptize his cousin Jesus, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So what was he saying? He's basically saying it's the blood of the Lamb that causes the death angel to pass over. In the New Testament, same is true. The blood of the Lamb when it's on the doorpost of your heart. When you've repented, death will pass over you. You won't end up in thanatos in the, in the Greek, the separation from God in a place called the lake of fire with the devil and his minions. You won't end up there. It's not made for you. Heaven's made for you. Glory's made for you. You were made to be walking with, with God in the cool of the day. But Adam and Eve, they messed it up. But even in the mess up and the failure and the fall of mankind, God made a way. God made a way even in the garden. Oh, they sewed fig leaves together, which is like religion. It's like, it's like religion. Fig leaves. They just, they were naked, so they just made a little something. Just made a little something to hide themselves. Listen, religion won't cover your sin. No matter, no matter what you do, you can't cover your sin. You can't cover. You can't hide from death. You can try to run. You can try to hide, but you will be found out. You can look like a good Christian. You can act like a good Christian, but if you've never been born again, well, you got to get saved. you got to get... I feel like preaching in here today. <laughs> Come on. 
So you get it, the Old Testament's types and shadows, right? So we've been made new. We've been delivered. Why? By the blood of the Lamb. Everybody say, by the blood of the Lamb. Amazing. Deliverance. The bondage of Pharaoh. Broken. He, now he delivered us just like he delivered the children of Israel. But secondly, if you look with me at your notes, he brings us into relationship with him. See, he wanted to be known as Abba Father. He wanted to be known like that. In order to do that, he'd have to wipe out our sin. He can't have fellowship with sin. See, some of you don't have a vibrant heart for God. Some of you don't have a heart that's just on fire, expanding, hungry for God. Because you're filled with compromise. I mean, if it's not you, then, you know, just let it pass over you. If your heart's filled with compromise, you will never have a heart that's on fire for God. Because you'll constantly be convicted. You'll constantly be like, I lift my hand. Oh, Lord, Jesus, you know my heart, God. And you just walk around dull. God doesn't want you to be dull. He wants you to be on fire. He wants you to be filled with passion. He wants you to have a passionate heart for Him. So he brings them out of the house of bondage, out of Egypt, and he brings them to the mountain. He brings you out of the Egypt of your own sin, Egypt of the world. He brings you out of, and he brings you to himself. Why? To bring you into relationship with him because he loves you just that much, as ugly as we are. Look at your neighbor and say, you ugly. No, don't do it. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm doing, don't do it. Come on, look at him and say, you're a treasure. We're going to get there. Go ahead. Say, you're a treasure. Yeah. You're a treasure. He brings us into relationship with him. And his spirit fills us and works through us. His word to direct us and help us in our life. But God wants to have a relationship with you. He doesn't want to just save you. He doesn't want to just bring you out of Egypt. He wants to bring you into the bond of covenant that you would walk with him and talk with him. That he would be your very best friend. That he would speak to him. That he would give you dreams. That he would give you visions. He'd hold you in the night. He would comfort you. He'd provide for you. He'd help you when you're grieving. He'd help you when you're lost. He'd encourage you in the deepest, darkest hour of your life. He'll reach across and snatch you like a stick out of the fire. When you're sick, he'll heal you. When you're lost, he'll find you. Well, if, he's de- if you're dead, he can raise you up too. bunch of crazy spirit-filled people it's a revelation of relationship with him that begin that we begin to realize our purpose that he has for our lives we become a treasured possession it's right there in the text listen I, I don't care what anybody thinks about you and the truth is you got to get yourself to a place where you don't care what anybody thinks about you either I mean, to really understand that God says you're special. I don't mean like, oh, you're so special. I mean like, you're special. You're a treasure. Come on, Ephesians. He would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him that you might know the hope of his calling. What is the glorious, listen closely, glorious riches of his inheritance. Come on, the, 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 your, your, your wealthy industrialist uncle who dies and leaves you millions. You're like, I don't think I have one of those. It's an illustration. It leaves you millions in inheritance. Wow, great. What would God get if he gets an inheritance? I mean, his streets are paved with gold. I've said it to you so many times before. I mean, what does God get? What's, here's how sweet. Now, when I say this, somebody would be like, that ain't much. 
That's because you don't really see yourself the way that God sees you. What does God get for his inheritance? You. Some of you look at me like I'm a heretic. Go read your Bible. Go read your Bible. Say, so how do you know this, Pastor? Because I, God snatched me out of the bottom of the barrel, scraped me off the stinking street, scraped me off. I couldn't even look at somebody. I had so many tracks, it looked like I'd been run over by a tractor. Some of you get that later. I mean, I was hurting and broken and lost and destitute, busted and disgusted. I was having liver failure, kidney failure. I mean, I was down and out. And I, I, I spent holidays on the street on cardboard. I know what it's like. I know what that's like. And so when God saved me, I couldn't even look at anybody because I was so ashamed of what I did to my family, so ashamed of what I did in my own life, so embarrassed. I could not even talk to another human being. But when I began to go to church, and by the way, a whole year of church consisted of me crying with major snot running, like embarrassingly so, like, like not cool. You know what I mean? Like, Lord, let me up already. I didn't even know why I was crying. I was feeling the love that I'd looked for all my life. And I wept and I would cry and I began to understand that he died in my place. Man, when I realized that, man, I knew I deserved death. Some of you don't think you do. That's the problem. Some of you don't really know because you think you're actually pretty good. I knew I had overwhelming evidence about how ugly my sin was. All kinds of destruction. Look in the rearview mirror of my life and it was like body parts. Horrible, horrible, horrible. I just wanted to die. And so when he saved me and I began to realize that he died in my place so I don't have to, I began to realize that he stepped in and became a propitiation, became a substitute for me. I thought, oh my gosh, what a deal, what a deal. Oh, oh, I want that, I want that. Oh God, take me, pick me, pick me. And the truth is he picked everybody. And so I couldn't believe it where it's like, you come to Jesus and you get a new life. I was like, ooh, ooh. Some people were like, well, I don't know, you know. This might be two parts. <laughs> and I began, thank God, by people discipling me and teaching me what really happened. Some of you do not know. And that's why you walk around feeling like you're cheap, feeling like you have no value, feeling like you have no worth. You can't pray because you can't see what God sees. When he looks at you, he sees the crimson flow over you. When he looks at you, he sees perfection. When he looks at you, he sees the finished work. When, he's, when he sees you, he says, there's my righteous one right there. Because he gave you righteousness. See, some of you are waiting for the righteousness like to come. He already gave it to you. It doesn't grow. He gave you the righteousness of God. He, he made that. Now that grows in your life. You learn to be righteous, not cheat on your taxes and rip people off. Where are we? Come on, I'm a treasure, and so are you. Listen, this stuff needs to be meditated on. My sin is gone. 
If I confess my sins to him, 1 John 1, 9, I confess my sins to him. He's faithful and just. Justice. How many of you like justice? You don't, you don't want justice. You got mercy. That's good. But he's faithful and just. In other words, he paid it. He paid it for you. He's, we confess our sins. He is faithful and just. He is the definition of justice. Righteousness and truth are the foundations of his throne. So he's faithful and he's just. That means he paid the price for you. That means whatever needed to be done for you, he already did it in the death and resurrection of his son. So when he looks at you, he says, well, that price is paid. That, that, debt, that, debt is, that debt's paid. I've, I've taken care of that. And so when he looks at you, what does he see? So you think he sees a sinner. He doesn't see a sinner. When he looks at you, that's not what he sees. When he looks at you, he doesn't see a dirtbag. He doesn't see some addicted, afflicted person. He sees somebody whole. He sees somebody free. You say, well, really? Yeah, this is the truth of Scripture. It's just that religious people got to twist it up so bad and make you put on your armor and pray an hour a day and, you know, fast and make sure you don't break the fast and do all this stuff and go to church. You got to read your Bible. All that stuff's good, but none of that stuff gives you righteousness. The righteousness of God comes because you believe. Hey, my really cool brother with a great haircut, stand up. Yeah. You will preach. You will testify. God is raising you up. Although it might seem impossible now, I tell you, I prophesy to you greatness over you. You're a treasure, a real one. That's what God says about you. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Now listen, in context... You never want to pull things out of context. This is a New Testament, New Covenant application. In context, he's talking to Israel. That's the context. He's talking to Israel, says, you're, you're going to be, if, if you obey, you'll be my treasured possession. Wow. Wow. I mean, how could you be depressed when you get that down? When you realize that, what happens to depression? Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more. Don't you come back no more. Don't you come. Let the devil come to your house. No, whatever you're going to say. Okay, come on. Come on, somebody say amen. Depression. Depression's got to go. I got I to gotta hear the rest of that and like tweak it, make it Christian. I forget what it says. Look at D. We're a kingdom of priests. This is the text. He says, you'll be my treasured possession. You shall be to me, verse 6, a kingdom of priests. Now, here's the amazing thing here. Because if you read that and you know, there's only one tribe that became priests. But that was not the invitation. Listen, that was not the invitation. That happens because they refuse to go up the mountain. I mean, he goes up the mountain and they're like, yes, let's have church. And they make a golden calf. Which if you really study, and I've preached on that here many, many times, you really study that out, they didn't decide to have a big idol worshiping fest as Moses was delayed coming down the mountain. They said, let's have a festival to the Lord. That's Y-H-W-H, the Tetragrammatron. There's only one, it's Lord God Almighty. In fact, in Hebrew, when you read it, you read Adonai. It cannot be, it cannot be translated to anything else but God Almighty, Adonai. That's it. So when they had this, they had this bull that they put together. And I think it's because... You know, they had a lot of that around them, and maybe, you know, God brought them out of Egypt, but they still had a lot of bull in them, which is also the case with some of you. Amen. Brings you out of Egypt, he's got to get some of that stuff out. 
This is sign language for that. That's real sign language, actually. Anybody know sign? It's true. Something's true. We're a kingdom of priests. We're a king. Come on, someone say, I'm a kingdom of priests. Kingdom of priests. What does that mean? Look, turn to Revelation now. Quickly, quick, quick. Revelation 1.6. My wife's shaking her head. She's like, that's crude. All right. If it was a men's meaning, it'd be okay, wouldn't it? Will you forgive me if that was, that was coarse? I'm sorry. I'll just talk about myself. When I came in, I had a lot of stuff I had to get rid of. Revelation 1.6 says, To him who loves us and has freed us. This is the, new, the NIV now, New International Version. Go ahead, keep it in the New King James. So let's read New King James. Revelation. Oh, you didn't change it yet. Revelation, there it is. Revelation 1.6. And he made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Come on, someone say amen. amen. What does that mean, kingdom? Leave, leave the scripture up. He made us kings and priests. He made us kings and priests. The NIV says he made us to be a kingdom. A kingdom. Everybody say a kingdom. Okay, a kingdom has a king. The king is Jesus. The king, God is our king. Amen. And a kingdom has dominion. Fill in the blank. So what, I'm, what I'm trying to teach you just briefly tonight is that you have a purpose. You have a purpose. And it's not some ambiguous thing. Why are you here? You're here to be a kingdom and to be priests. Is that the reason I'm here? Is that the reason I didn't die when I got saved? Yes. Yes, that's the reason. You're to be one of his princes, one of his, one of his princesses, if you will, in his kingdom. And kingdoms have dominion. Everybody say dominion. Genesis 1 and 28, Adam and Eve, you know, God meant them, for them to rule that, to, to have influence there, to have dominion there. And another aspect of dominion is authority, kingdom authority. Everybody say, I've got authority. Yeah, if you're in Christ, you do. If you could get a hold of a revelation of how much authority you have, you will not tolerate the shenanigans of the devil anymore. And truth is, you wouldn't tolerate your flesh anymore either because you just stick your prophetic kingdom priest finger at it and, and, and step on it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Take authority over it. You know you can take authority over your flesh? Did you know that? Come on, you are a spirit with a body, not a body with a spirit. Say, say I'm a spirit with a body. Not a body with a spirit. Your body's not going to live forever. It's going to return to the dust whence it came. You'll get a glorified body. Amen. Isn't that right? Totally shredded. We've laughed about that before because, I don't know, have you seen some of those Renaissance paintings? They might have had visions. I'm thinking, everybody, when they get a glorified body, they're like, you know, 75% fat, right? They're just kind of floating around. <laughs> hey, we think you'd be all ripped, but actually maybe you're overweight by today's standards. I don't know. <laughs> Come on, somebody say, I have authority. And you reign with Christ. Look at, see, reign with Christ. Revelation 20 talks about that. There'll come a time when Jesus will return. 
I saw thrones, verse 4, Revelation 20, I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the Word, and because of the word of God. And Father, we pray even right now for the persecuted church God oversees in the Middle East, that you would cause their blood as it cries out from the ground to have effect, that you might intervene. You might intervene in the atrocities taking place by ISIS and others. Lord, we pray for the church, the persecuted church all over the world. Use them. I'm sorry. I'm such a whiner sometimes. And my batteries go out in my headphones. I'm like, oh, snap. Come on, Jesus. When three quarters of the world is believing for a meal. And we're like, in your easy chair, and you pop open the remote control and like roll the batteries to get a few more clicks out of it. And it's irritating when, you know, you got to, do we have any double A's? Do we, come on. Do you get my point? We got everything in America. I don't know what it's going to take to shake this nation, but go ahead and shake it, Lord. I don't really care about my remote control. My smartphone's pretty irritating, as useful as it is. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying, God, bring, shake what can be shaken so that what remains is of you. Bring the great shake down. Lord, whatever that looks like, bring it. Bring it on, God. Bring it. Why? Because I want to see a great outpouring. I don't know what's going to take to wake people up from their remote control, easy chair lifestyle where they murmur and complain because their air conditioning doesn't work. Jesus, help us out. Come on, I'm repentant. Lord, forgive me. Well, where are we? I'm just going to go for a few more moments here. Because the testimony of Je about Jesus and because of the word of God they had not worshipped the beast or its image. They had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Wow. Listen, God's purpose for you, God's purpose for me, is to demonstrate the kingdom of God in the earth. That's His purpose. It's not to just be a nice-looking Christian person. It's not, it's not so that you can just spend your, you know, your permanent fund dividend checks on whatever you want. It's not so we could just do whatever we want. No, it's so that we could actually be his treasured possession in the earth that when people see you, they go, dude, what, what do you have? Why are you smiling in the midst of the shakedown? What's going on with you? Why, why do you have joy? Why do you have peace in the midst of difficulties and pain? What's going on? Why are you so happy? John Duke ran into one of my staff, Mike. I think it's going on two years ago now. And I think he said to Anna, if you don't mind me picking on you, he said, man, why is that guy so happy? It's before he got happy himself. Priests, look at, look at uh, two, priests. Priests are med mediators. How many of you know you were a priest? Some of you are like, I'm a what? 
You're a priest. We're all supposed to be mediators before the Lord in intercession. I mean, Jesus is the great high priest. There is none besides him. But you don't have to go through somebody else to talk to him. My brother's raised a Catholic for a while. That's some jacked up theology, just saying, no offense. That's like, I don't even know where they got that. Where'd they get that? Really, they got it from James. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. You may be healed. So they, well, they're the holy ones. And so, you're the, you know, we're the unholy ones. And then they'll pray for us and we get healed. No. You're holy because Jesus died, on you, died for you. It's God's intention and purpose for all of us to be priests. Come on, someone say, I'm a priest. Yeah. And don't go out and get a collar or anything. It's just it's the truth of Scripture. To be servants. Priests are servants. Everybody say, I'm a servant. Be a servant. 1 Peter 2, 5 says this. You also, New, New International Version. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be servants. How you doing? How you doing in your servanthood? We have access to God's presence. We have what? Access to God's presence. I'm almost done. Turn to Hebrews 9, and I, I might lose my mind on this one right here. This, this is Hebrews 9 messes me up. This is amazing. right? Hebrews 9, 7. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins of the people that had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. This is an illustration for the present time indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. They were only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying until the time of the new order. Verse 11. But when Christ came as a high priest of the good things which are now already here, he went through the greater, more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not part of this creation. He did not enter by the means of blood of goats or calves, but he entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and ashes of the heifer sprinkled on those who were ceremonially unclean, sanctify them, that they are outwardly clean. How much more, verse 14, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse your conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Look, this is not some made up pretend thing. We are serving a living God. Who made a way, who made a way for you, who made a way for me, and has placed purpose in our lives to do what? To be a kingdom, to have dominion, to have authority, to be a kingdom of priests, to express and release his power in the earth. You have authority, you have power to overcome all the wicked schemes of the devil. You have authority to overcome every assignment of darkness. 
You have authority over your flesh. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Come on, you don't have to settle for lame, weak, anemic religion that has no power. You can overcome sickness, disease, infirmity, depression, anxiety. You can overcome. Why? Because He did it for you. We have His provision. Come on, say we have His provision. Oh, verse 19. I'm going to keep going for a second. Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, my brothers and sisters. Man, the Word will preach all by itself. All by itself. Just read the Word out loud with a little bit of passion and you'll be preaching. Ready? I'm going to preach right from the Word. It's going to be the Word. Ready? Here we go. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some in their habit of doing, but encouraging one another daily, even as it's called the day is a day approaching. We are a kingdom of priests. You have a purpose. A purpose. We have His provision. We're a holy nation. We share in His nature. Oh my goodness, 2 Peter 1, 2. His divine power. 2 Peter 1, 2, put it up. His divine power has given us everything we need. 2 Peter. Grace and peace be yours, not it. 2 Peter 2, 3. No. Yes, no. 2 Peter... 2 Peter 1, 3. <laughs> His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness, you share in the same power that raised Him from the dead. That. Can you live a godly life? Well, apparently, His divine power has given us everything you need. Do you have everything you need to overcome your addiction? Yes. Do you have everything you need to overcome your flesh? Yes. Do you have everything you need to overcome darkness, wickedness, sin? Yes. 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 And yes. There's nothing, there is no temptation that has seized you except that which is common to man. You share in the very nature of God. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness, can you say yes? Be a public testimony. I don't really like testifying. Listen, grow in that. Ask God to give you such an encounter you can't help but speak. I mean, ask God to come upon your life and, and experience His love, His goodness through His Word, the power of His Spirit. That you Look, if you want a million dollars, you want a couple million bucks, you don't tell me, you'd be like, hey, what's up? What's, up? what's going on? I just want a couple million bucks. 
Sure you did. You believe me? You ever see somebody win a couple of meetings? Like, hey, 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 guess what? Wait, 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 where's my phone? Hey, wait, I, hey, you know what? I want to be there. I want to be there. They just run around losing their mind. You have so much more than that. We have so much more than that. We have so much more, but we don't know what we have. When you got to renew your mind. You got to learn. You got to grow. You can't get happy with what Jesus has done. And you're deceived and you probably have the devil on you. If you will just sit in a room maybe or do whatever it takes to pound the truth of the word. See, some of you have not done it because you don't know. It hasn't been modeled. You haven't been discipled. We can come up with all kinds of excuses. But when you get to the place when you just got nowhere else to go and you're, in the ba- and you're backed into a corner. I mean, for me, I, I was like, let me see, blow my brains out or really find out what the gift is. I knew he died for me. I got that part and that, that part and I started just growing by his grace. Oh, hallelujah. Be a public testimony. Say it. Be a public testimony. Second Thessalonians 1.12, I pray that so that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of God for Lord Jesus Christ. You and I are supposed to be a public display of the kingdom. Satan has no hold on us. Come on, somebody say Satan doesn't have a hold on you. Unless, of course, he does. But you can break that tonight. And you can leave it broken. Do things his way. You know, that big if, if, if. Do things God's way. Do things God's way. We must yield to his purpose. Verse 8. Verse 8. In Exodus 19, then all the people answered and said together, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. See, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Listen, if that's in your heart to say that to him, then let's say it. If it's not, don't say it, all right? But if it is, let's say it. You ready? All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Come on, say, make it personal. All that the Lord has spoken, I will do. Come on, say it again. All that the Lord has spoken, I will do. Then he makes you a treasure, a kingdom, priest, to release his kingdom everywhere you go. And that's the purpose for you being alive. And you can do that as a plumber, as a teacher, as, as a student. You can do that as, as a pastor, as a construction worker, professor. military release his kingdom be a priest have authority have his provision sickness disease gotta go it's got commanded to go stand on his word I'm almost done almost just trying to land the plane here we go so we've got a choice to make every day every day we have a choice to make you gonna live in the purpose of God or not so you have a choice Adam and Eve had a choice don't touch don't eat the fruit they ate it. You have a choice. You're going to live according to the divine nature that he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. Second Peter 1.3. Are you going to make that choice or are you going to decide to revert to your old stinking thinking and sink down into the, you know, try to do it with the white knuckle method? Oh. 
arm of the flesh. You can try to do it the arm of the flesh, or are you going to start calling on God to help you, His divine power? See, you make, we make all this evidence. Well, if I had His divine power, then I wouldn't have failed last night. You've got to learn how to walk in His power. You've got to learn how to abide. You've got to learn how to, to, to lean on the everlasting arms. You've got you to reckon yourself dead. You've got to say to yourself, listen, every morning I'd wake up in the early days of my walk with Jesus. I just would get on my knees and just go, my Lord, my God, my King, my everything. I make no provision for my flesh today. I'd lay hands on my eyeballs. Some of you need to do that. Some of you look at everything. I was at the gym. I'm just saying, guys, guys got problems. Guys have problems. They're like, I'm like, oh my gosh, set the boy free. And you know what I found? I found girls have problems too. I'm just saying the Alaska Club is going to be like a glory zone. Anybody who walks in there just going to get messed up in the Holy Ghost. I believe we're going to get a bunch of people saved out of there. Did you get something from the Lord? Did you get something? Come on, say, I've got a purpose. Come on, stand up on your feet. Say, i got a purpose. Come on, say it again. Say, I've got a purpose. Say, I'm a kingdom. Say, I'm a priest. A holy nation. Come on, say, I'm a treasured. I'm a treasure. I'm special. Say, I'm special. Say, once you really begin to realize who you are, you'll never settle for, you'll never settle for the identity theft ever again. Here, let's try this. If you're a man, say this, man only. Say, I'm a man. Say it again like you mean it. You ready? One, two, three. I'm a man. Hey, come on. Woo. <laughs> all right, all the, all the women say, I'm a woman. You ready? One, two, three. I'm a woman. Oh, come on. You got more attitude than that. Come on. You ready? One, two, three. There's no confusion there. That's how we made you. We made you with a purpose. Put your hands together for God, won't you? Come on. shout to God. Come on, you got a purpose. Come on, you're a kingdom. You're priests. You're a holy nation. Father, we thank and praise you for what you've done tonight with every head bowed, every eye closed if you're not right with God. Don't you leave this place without being reconciled to Him. That's where it starts. The blood of the Lamb. That's where it starts. You've got to receive the Lamb of God. You've got to receive His blood to wash away your sin. You're a kingdom of nothing. You're in the kingdom of darkness until you do that. You're a little pull toy for the devil until you do that. you got to give your heart to Jesus first. Otherwise, you're a son of disobedience. That's not God's will for you. You can let that go. You can shake that name off. You can get rid of that old identity right now and step out of darkness into His glorious light by, by praying and receiving Him. Very simple prayer. If that's you, 
you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or you want to make a recommitment all across this place. Service is almost over. Nobody walking around, please. Just one more, one, couple more moments, we're done. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. You want to make a recommitment. On the count of three, slip your hand up. One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Quickly come. You raise your hand, meet me up front. Quickly come, meet me right here. Come on. Quickly, quickly, don't think about it. Meet me right here, front and center. See how close you can get to my hand here. Come on, put your hands together for these guys. Come on, somebody say it's a new day. Come on, someone say it's a new day. All right, let's all bow our heads. Got some folks that are coming around you to help you, if you would, leaders, please. Say, dear Heavenly Father, forgive me of all of my sin. Thank you that Jesus died in my place so that I could be forgiven. I'm sorry. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me do. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Lift your hands to Jesus. Come on, surrender to Him all across this place. The Holy Spirit, I pray right now. Break every bondage, every chain. Lord, and fill them now with your Holy Spirit. Fill them right now with your Holy Spirit. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Ask God to fill you right now. Be filled right now. Be filled right now with the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Be filled right now in Jesus' name. Be filled right now. Thank you. There'll be sounds and syllables that'll come forth from you just... It's kind of like making up your own song, but it'll come out of your spirit. Holy Spirit, fill, touch. Let's let that just bubble out. Sounds, syllables. Doesn't that won't make sense to your natural mind? Holy Spirit, fill. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. All right, we got some people that are going to help you. Can we just spend a few minutes, just a couple minutes here, and we'll turn you loose? Just right where, right up front, right here, guys. We're going to pray and close the service. Thank you for coming. We'll just minister to you all right here. John, just jump right in, man. We're going to minister to you guys, and then uh, turn you loose. We're just going to help you grow in God. How many of you think it'd be crazy to let a baby just sit on a doorstep? Right, it's very important. you got to read your Bible, got to pray, got to go to church. Read your Bible, pray, go to church. Take someone by the hand while they're ministering up front here, won't you? Wally, would you come and close us tonight? Come on, take someone by the hand. They're, they're, we're going to help you out right here in just a second. All right, you're good. Gil, would you help me, please? You ready? Pray for the person on your right, person on your lap. 
Friday night prayer, all kinds of great stuff going on. Morning prayer, don't miss morning prayer. The whole building was shaking just the other day. The whole building shook. I've not been in a prayer meeting like that here, well, a couple times here, but it's increasing. Come, 7 o'clock, we start a new prayer time, I believe tomorrow, 8 o'clock, to 7 to 8, 8 to 9 now. Amen. You be a part of that. Would you close us, Brother Wong? Father, I praise you. I praise you for these souls right now, Father. All your angels right now are rejoicing. We rejoice also, Father. We praise you. We give you glory and honor for these souls that have entered your kingdom right now, Father. I praise you for them, Father. I give you glory and honor for them, Father. I ask for your kingdom come and your will be done in every person's life that's here, Father. Rise them up in your glory, Father. Rise them up in Jesus' name, Father. Cause this word that went forth, Father, not to return void, Father. We send it forth now in Jesus' name to change the lives, Father, in Jesus' name. Touch their lives. Convict their hearts. God, rise them up in authority. Rise them up in the power in your kingdom, Father. Let them be kingdom-minded in Jesus' name. Father, we give you glory and honor, Father. We thank you for your angels. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the blood you shed, Father. Cause your people here to know what they did, what you did on that cross. Let nothing go in vain what Jesus did on that cross. Let us walk in that power, in that glory, in that victory. Cause us to know that Satan has no rights, only the rights we give him with our mouth. Jesus has taken all rights away from him. We have the power and authority and the victory to walk and take back what Satan has stolen. Thank you for your glory, Father. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your word that was spoken. Bless us, Father. Use us for your glory. Cause our minds to be changed, to be set forth as being kingdom-minded. In Jesus' name. God bless you. We'll hope to see you this week. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.